thank Mr. Anderson for the words of welcome, saying thank, thank the Reverend McLaughlin for the opportunity to come tonight and tell you how the Lord has led and how the Lord has guided. So tonight, basically, I'll start now, say how the Lord has opened the door for Lewis, and then whenever we bring forth the, the message uh, tonight, then I'll say extra things about Lewis just in the message as well. So uh, I'll treat this tonight as if I've been doing uh, a deputation in other churches as well, so you'll not feel lost out. You'll not feel as if you go around someone else's church and they said, well, did he say this? Well, he didn't say that here with us, so you'll get the same everywhere else as well. But you're wondering tonight, maybe, why am I here tonight? Why Lewis? Why not Northern Ireland? Why not some church here in Northern Ireland? Why not in Uganda? The Lord's moving in Uganda. Why not Kenya? Why not Spain? Well, to cut a long story short, Lewis is not only where the Lord has opened up the door, but Lewis is also where the Lord has called us to and given us that burden to serve. Also, let me put you out of your misery tonight. Uh, where is Lewis exactly? This seems to be a debated question among some of our uh, churches in our denomination. I've had people say to me, uh, Brother, I hear you're going to Lewis. Well, could you tell me which part of Scotland are you going to? I have had people say to me, uh, Which part of Wales are you going to? And then when I was on deputation, a lady, she came after the meeting and she said, Son, could you just remind me again, which part of America are you going to? And I had to say, Well, we're not going just as far. We'll be going out there to Lewis. Lewis is in England, the south of England. So you have London there. You have uh, Brighton here, and Lewis is just in between there. Closer uh, to Brighton, about 10 minutes from Brighton. Uh, whenever I entered into the Whitfield College of the Bible, every candidate is taught one lesson, that you're not promised anything. You may go through four years off the Whitfield College, and that would be it. And you may not get a call, you may not get a door open, and you'll go back to your church to serve the Lord and get uh, a secular job. So my prayer was throughout college, Lord, open up a door for service. Doesn't matter where, what we have to do, where we have to go, wherever it may be uh, here in Northern Ireland. Just, Lord, wherever it may be, open up a door. We're willing to go, Lord, but you open up the door. As long as we could say, like Abraham's servant of old, I've been in the way the Lord led me. But just as long, Lord, as we know that it's in your will. And the Lord spoke this through Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. And therefore we knew that the Lord would guide, the Lord would direct, and in his own appointed time, an own sovereign way, he would open up a door of service. But until that time, we would have to wait upon the Lord. And maybe there's one here this evening, you're seeking God's will for your life, what you are to do <coughs> regarding certain matters. Will you wait upon the Lord and he will instruct you and he will teach you and he will guide you in that way. Students in the Whitfield College of the Bible uh, during certain seasons of the year but particularly the summer uh, get opportunities to go around different works. Some get to go around for the month to preach in July and August. Some get to go to the mainland. Some get to go to uh, uh, Canada. Some get to go to America. Some get to go to Australia. Uh, no doubt you'll all get the application form in tomorrow to find out where you can go next summer. But we get those opportunities to go and to serve the Lord. And one summer, I had an opportunity to go to Lewis. Maybe like yourself, I didn't know too much about Lewis. I didn't know too much about the mainland works in general. I remember in my first year, 
the principal, the Reverend Gordon Ferguson, he called me into his office. He was in charge of Tavistock. And he said to me, Philip, what are you doing this summer? I said, well, I have no plans. He said, well, will you go to Tavistock for me? I said, yes, thank you very much. Uh, and then when I closed, walked out and I closed the door, I thought, well, now where's Tavistock? Just didn't know. And same with Lewis. Will you go to Lewis? Yes. But where's Lewis? Just didn't know anything about the place. But I went there and I had a great time when we were there as a family. But I have to say this here. I went to Lewis not with the mindset that one day I'll come back to be the minister. One day I'll come back to be the pastor of the congregation. I did what every other man has done for the last 14 years. And that has simply gone there because they have been asked to go there. Uh, not to say in a, in a bad sense, but simply to fill the pulpit. To be there to preach God's word for the people that Lord's day. To feed the people that summer, whatever you've asked to do. And I went there. Lewis has not had a man in 14 years since the year 2000 and maybe longer. So in, in that time they have had students, they've had preachers, they have other people uh, just come each week or else stay for two weeks at a time or four weeks at a time. So I was just the same. But during that summer we went there, we knew the Lord's help. We had great times of blessing and the preaching of God's word. One of the ladies who is now with the Lord, Edna, she wasn't well when we were there. And I said, Edna, <clears throat> do you mind if I go around your house and open up the scriptures with you and pray? Oh, see, we would maybe call that here visitation. But she took that as a great honour and a great privilege and to have someone in her home again to <clears throat> pray and read the scriptures. So we went there and, <clears throat> like I said, God give us a blessed time. Whenever we returned home, the Reverend Patrick Baker, who is the minister there in London, and the interim moderator of Lewis, he contacted me and said about our time in Lewis. And he said, at the end of college, would you be willing to go there to Lewis to take up the work? Take time to pray about it. And if God has touched your heart, if you feel it is God's will for you to go, then let me know. We'll let your name go forward. If not... If you feel no leading, then we'll just close the door there. So I went back. <coughs> My wife and the boys, we prayed about it, seeking God's face. And our prayer was, Lord, we've been praying for you to open up a door. Doesn't matter where. And Lord, if this is the only door that has been opened, and then we're willing to walk through it. And our prayer was, Lord, we've been praying. You've opened up this door. And we're going to walk through this door until the door closes. And God spoke this through Psalm, or, uh, Proverbs 16, verse 9. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. And we can say that the Lord has directed our steps, that the Lord has guided, and that the Lord has directed every single step of the way. And we're glad tonight <coughs> that we can say that the Lord has not closed the door, but the Lord has kept the door open, and the Lord has done great things for us. The Lord has moved in our midst and we have that burden, we have that desire to go out there to Lewis to serve the Lord and to be in that ministry and to be used of the Lord and to be a channel of blessing. So we had the plan of God, we believe we have a word from God, but also uh, the Lord has also led providentially. I was meeting the Mainland Commission in the week of prayer just there last January and reading through my Bible, uh, Systematic, I came that morning to Genesis 18, verse 14, and I was bringing the needs before Lewis as I met some of the Mainland Commission, and the Lord spoke to me. 
Genesis 18 verse 14 is anything too hard for the Lord. And we're glad that nothing, loose is not too hard for the Lord. Also, the Reverend Gordon Ferguson, who is the principal of the college and gives advice to the students. Obviously, with him being out there in London for a period of a number of years and having that burden for the mainland, he spoke to me many occasions in his office and challenged me about the work of God. And he challenged me with the words of Charles Spurgeon. And this here is in Spurgeon's All Around Ministry, his book. It's in chapter 2, where Spurgeon was in a conference and he was challenging the men there. Would they be willing to leave their smaller or their big churches and to go to a small church? And this is what was put to me, what Spurgeon put to the men, just paraphrasing the quote. If God has opened up a door for you to go, then you have to have a very good reason not to go. If God has opened up a door for you to go, and we're thinking here about Lewis, then you have to have a very good reason not to go. And what, is, what, what reasons could you think of? Well, Lewis is a small crowd, as you'll see on Wednesday night in the DVD. The building holds a thousand people. And yet tonight would be a revival to, in a, to the people in Lewis, the, the amount of people who are here tonight. And yet, because there's such a small crowd, that's not a reason not to go. Because you want to say, well, I want to stay here for a big church. Uh, I want to stay for a big crowd every Sunday, big permian crowd. I want to stay here for the ministerial package or <coughs> whatever terminology you want to use. Is not a reason not to go. And therefore, when you can think of other things, it doesn't matter. But the, the main just is that there is no reason why we should not go to Lewis. God has opened the door. God has spoken to us. God has given us that burden, that desire to go out there and to serve him. And we go out in his will. We go out with that seal to serve our saviour. As well, I was asked to, coming up to the end of graduation, or to the end of college, I had not uh, officially uh, graduated yet in September. And presbytery had not officially passed me going to Lewis because it had to be, I had to graduate first, then bring it before Presbytery in September. So as I was preaching in the summer in the churches, every church still had the right to say to me as any other man and student, would you be willing, what's your plans for next year? Would you be willing to come here and uh, pray about this place and all these different things? And I was asked, pray about this. Remember, you're going to the mainland. Well, would you not want to stay here? Seriously, think about this young man. Pray about this young man. Remember, you can have a ministry here. Pray about this. And all this, the minute, every missionary has to really prove God in these matters. Uh, bring it before the Lord. And I said, well, I believe that God was calling. God was speaking. But through the Lord's providential leadings, I had to study a particular subject. I was listening to Dr. Douglas on this uh, subject. I'm going by the title of his message. I thought, well, this is going to help me here with my topic, my subject that I had to study for. Uh, though he kept everything, uh, uh, what was said in his title, but just going by the title itself, I thought it would be helpful. And as soon as I was listening to the message, I realized five minutes in it, this has nothing to do with my subject at all. But none, I will not tell him that, but nonetheless, uh, I thought, well, it's God's word, uh, I'll, I'll listen on. And I did. But though it had nothing to do with the subject that I had the study for, yet 
It had everything to do with our situation. And God led me providentially to that message. It was about Jacob <coughs> being called <coughs> back to a land. And Dr. Douglas was saying about how Jacob was called to a land. And then in a few chapters later in Genesis, God spoke to him about the same land. And he was saying that God does not change his mind. And here's the quote that Dr. Douglas said. Uh, the, the quote, It is not the Lord's will to point you in one direction today and then in another next week while talking about the same thing. It's not God's will to point you in one direction today and then in another next week while talking about the same thing. And therefore, if God had called me to Lewis today, God would have called me to Lewis tomorrow and the next week and the week after and the week after. God would not say, go to Lewis today and give that burden for Lewis today. But then next week, actually, I've changed my mind. I've given you a burden for a different place and to go to a different place. And therefore, it just sealed it in our hearts that God had not changed his mind and the Lord was directing, the Lord was guiding and I could spend ages more telling you of all the great things how the Lord has said providentially and what God has done for us. But the Lord has moved in our midst. And we're so glad and thankful for his leading. Do pray for us as we go out there. There is a farewell in January the 14th in Sandown Road Free Presbyterian Church. <coughs> it is a, a Sunday evening service, so I know you'll not maybe uh, be able to come, but it is a farewell the Reverend Thomas Martin. Uh, will be the preacher that night and then the week after we'll be going to uh, well, the day after we go to Lewis on the 15th and then on the 20th uh, of January there'll be a special welcome service on that that Saturday so do pray for us then we would take up the ministry on the Sunday so do pray for us that the Lord will guide and that the Lord will lead as well just before uh, just coming to the end before uh, other things, if I could just bring this to your attention now. You'll see here, <coughs> you take the prayer card tonight. You'll see there we have uh, the, my wife and the two boys. Uh, God willing, by uh, Friday, next this Friday coming, or next Friday, whatever you want to say, the 15th, we'll have another addition to the family. So do pray for us, God willing, that we'll have a safe delivery, unless I get a text tonight. But uh, do pray for that there during the week, uh, for next Friday, that the Lord will bless. So that'll be the three children, uh, myself and the wife, uh, going out there so just keep that in mind as you're praying for us there'll be another uh, addition to the family as well do pray as we seek to start up a children's work a children's ministry there's no children's work there at all in lewis pray for us that the lord will give help that the lord will guide and that the lord will move in our midst pray that the lord will meet every single need pray as well uh, for an organist to get saved or someone who plays music i say that because in Lewis, they have this wee box, this machine. I call it Brother George anyway, but uh, nothing to do with you, Brother George, by the way. But it is, I just call it Brother. It's named George anyway. But I just call it Brother to make a feel of the congregation. Basically, you plug it into the organ and it automatically just plays. So you just press whatever hymn you want. One, two, three, and it starts playing. But the thing is, it, you can't play any hymns that have courses. They all have to be stanzas. So you can either sing every week, the church has one foundation, 
Or you can sing a hymn that goes to the church has one foundation. Or you can sing a psalm or, or whatever you want to say, something like that there. But there, are, there is a limited few that you can sing. So do pray for that. Not a big thing, but nonetheless it would be good from time to time just to sing uh, those great hymns. Of course, you can't sing them without music, but that's just by the way. Uh, pray as well as you'll see the DVD. I'm trying to say these things now because I would say these with the DVD. So uh, the things for the DVD, uh, whenever you look at the DVD, you'll see the front of the church. Well, behind the church, <coughs> there is a row of houses. And basically, from the if this wall was the, the houses, from that wall to two steps, maybe three steps, that is the front of the church. And the windows of the church, the everybody's house, are basically uh, facing each other. So you could actually see right into the church from people's houses and you can see from the church into their house. But yet, not one of them will come in. Not one of them will uh, dare to come out to God's house. One man in particular, we pray for him. I'll not mention his name because I don't know if this is being recorded so I don't want it all over the whole place tonight. But uh, we pray for him that he'll come out. He said he's not well and all these other things. and Not saying he's not well but... He'll not walk that two steps uh, into the church, but he'll be willing to walk 15 minutes up the road uh, for all the pleasures of this world and other things. So do pray that the Lord will move and that the Lord will step in and that the Lord will save again. These are just some things. Uh, how long are we going for? You maybe asked that there. Uh, at the minute, because the works in the mainland are small, you used to get three to five years, but because they're so small now, some of them, we're getting, uh, well, as long as the Lord keeps us there, but the work will be reviewed after 18 months. And after 18 months, if there is enough financial support to keep us there, and uh, there has been a growth in the church, uh, people have come. After that period of time, the work will be examined. And if there is that growth and enough to keep us there, then we can apply to presbytery uh, to stay on. And... If not, then it's up to presbytery through the Lord's leading and the Lord's guiding what they would have us to do, whether to come back home or whatever it may be. So we wait on the Lord for that matter. But do pray that even before the 18 months that there will be signs following the preaching of the word. I've heard already in recent days that two people have started to come to the church. Uh, that they've walked in and they've started to come. And that's a great sign for that there. I've heard as well that another person has started to come to the prayer meeting. So that's a real encouragement as well. So do pray for that there, that God will step in and that the Lord uh, will move again. If you have any questions you want to ask at the end, things maybe I haven't covered, uh, do pray for us that the Lord, uh, or do, do, uh, ask me at the way out and I'll be happy to answer anything that I can to do that there. Uh, well, if you turn with me to Jeremiah 33, while you're turning to Jeremiah chapter 33, just to mention, uh, not that I'm advertising for any particular group here, but just to help you, since I've started these deputation meetings, I've received some phone calls or some people have said to me, Brother, uh, since you've been on our church for a deputation, I just want to let you know, I've booked my holiday and I'm coming over to see you over there in Lewis and, and to tell me where they're staying and uh, how can I get now to the church and what directions can I take here? And I say to him, and I'm only saying this here for yourselves, if he's ever over and you're more than welcome to come, Lewis have now uh, just built a Premier Inn there in Lewis. And so you go off, the, you fly in the Gatwick, you get the train down, 
and you walk across the road from the train station, the premiums are, and two minutes across the road there, the church is right there. So you don't have to travel 45 minutes from a different location or panic on how to get buses and trains and all that there. So that's not for advertisement, by the way. I'm not getting commission for anything from Premier, but it's just to help people. Now, some people haven't realised that because it is only built. So it's just to let people know, uh, in case you ever are, but you're more than welcome to come. Jeremiah 33, I'll just read one first. This is the first that's on the prayer card. A verse that the Lord has helped me throughout Bible college and I claim this for Lewis. You claim this tonight for Carrie Duff. You claim this tonight as well for your own uh, situation and I claim it for our situation for Lewis. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to his own inspired word. And as we bring this message tonight, I say it is a deputation meeting message. It will apply uh, <coughs> things that we will say about Lewis. And you can apply it to your situation as well. But we'll pray and ask for the Lord's help. Lord, we thank thee already for everything that has gone forth this night. Will we rejoice that thou art building thy church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And yea, Lord, we bring loose before thee this night. We thank thee, God, that nothing is too hard for thee. Thou art the Lord God of heaven, the one who is all-powerful. And, O God, we pray this night that thou wilt come and move. Lord, we bring before thee carried off as well. Lord, sweep through this place we ask of thee. Yea, Lord, we thank thee that such a first we can claim for carried off as well. And, O God, as we call upon thee tonight, Lord, that thou wilt move in our midst and do great and mighty things for us. Give help this night. Stand beside me. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and with power for the Saviour's sake. Amen. <coughs> in Jeremiah chapter 32 and chapter 33, you'll find there in chapter 32 that Jeremiah is in prison. He has faithfully proclaimed the message of the Lord that because of the people's sin, that they are to be taken into captivity for a period of time. And as Jeremiah has been preaching this message, King Zedekiah is just not too impressed that he and all the others will be taken into captivity. And so he has Jeremiah placed in prison. Has Jeremiah shut up in the courts of the prison to hinder him, to keep him back, to silence him from the message. And while Jeremiah is there in prison, the Lord comes in chapter 32, verse 6 and 7 to speak to Jeremiah that he is to buy a field, a field that is his right of redemption. Uh, a, re a family relative will come to visit Jeremiah in prison, Hannah Miel, and Jeremiah is to buy this field. And Jeremiah just can't understand why he is the by the field. Lord, I just don't understand why. The place is about to be destroyed. We are about to be taken into captivity. I'm here in bonds. I'm in prison. I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. There's nothing, Lord, I can do. And yet you want me just to buy this field. I just don't understand. We learn that Jeremiah says here in chapter 32 at the end of verse 8. Then I knew... This was the word of the Lord. Jeremiah knew what he was asked to do was of God. And though he did not understand it, yet he knew God had asked him to do something and he must do it. Because 
There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And Jeremiah uh, did what God asked him to do. And there are times the Lord asks us to do things. Talk to people in certain places. Brings us down certain paths that we just don't understand why. Lord, why you want me to do this? Why you bring me down this road? Lord, I just can't get it. But yet we must say like Jeremiah, then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. God had a purpose in everything. Because in verse 15 of chapter 32, it's the Lord says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, <clears throat> the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. Jeremiah, I will bring them into captivity, but I will bring them out of captivity again. And when they come out of captivity, this field that you're going to buy, in a future day, they will be rebuilt, they will be reestablished, I will gather my people again, and they will have that place to dwell in. And though you can't understand it, but you just do what I've asked you to do, and leave the rest to me. Chapter 33, Jeremiah is still in prison. And the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah. Call on to me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Basically, the Lord saying to Jeremiah, Of all that I am going to do, you bring back my truth before me. Of all that I have said that I will do, you plead my promise. You stand on the promise, Jeremiah. Because my word will not return on to me void. I will not fail. I cannot fail. Because I am Jehovah. I am God. I do not change. And as Dr. Curtin said years ago. When God has given you a promise. Whether it's an individual. Or whether you claim it as a church. You have every right. Under heaven's authority. To put your finger on that promise. And to pray and to bring back God's truth before him. And say, Lord, this is what you've said you'll do. This is what you've promised to do. Now, therefore, Lord, do it. And he will. So, I want to encourage you tonight. An encouragement to pray for Lewis. Also, an encouragement, say, to pray for Carrie Duff and your own situation. Notice, first of all, there is the procedure of prayer. The procedure of prayer. Call on to me. Uh, this procedure, three simple thoughts within it, is in the form of a cry. Call on to me. The words there, call, can also be rendered, cry on to me. It's used there in Psalm 147, verse 9. Psalm 147, verse 9, it talks about the ravens, that they cry out for food. And if you've ever seen... Uh, a bird's nest, you've ever seen a wildlife program, you've been to Belfast Zoo and you've seen a bird's nest, you'll see that when the birds are in the, the nest, the wee beaks will be going like this here, they'll be chirping, chirping, chirping. Why? Because they have a need and they will keep chirping until that need is met, until they're fed. And what the Lord's saying to Jeremiah, you have a need, Jeremiah, you're in prison, the place is about to be destroyed. The people are going to be taken into captivity. And in your need, Jeremiah, call on to me. Cry on to me, Jeremiah. And maybe there's one here this day that you're going through a hard situation. You're going through a troublesome time, maybe in the family. Maybe it's the health, whatever it may be. 
And the Lord says to you, cry on to me, call on to me in your situation. What did the Lord say to the psalmist in Psalm 50 verse 15? In the day of trouble, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver thee. And the word day of trouble, it signifies the day of tight things. It means when your back is against the wall, when you're at a dead end, you don't know what else to do. You don't know where else to turn. You don't know where else to go. In that day, call on to me. And maybe that's how you feel tonight. You say like Jeremiah, preacher, I'm just here. I feel like I'm in prison. I feel like I'm shut up. I feel like I'm bound. There's nothing I can do. I've hit a dead end. I'm discouraged. I'm downcast. I feel like giving up. It seems too hard. It seems like there's no way through. Cry unto me. Call unto me. And remember when Israel, God had brought Israel out of bondage. When they were in bondage, they were held as uh, slaves. They were held in captivity. And God brought them out. And as the Lord brought them through, he brought them to the Red Sea. And they were discouraged. There was a sea before them. On either side were the mountains. Behind them, the enemy was approaching them, running after them, to bring them back into bondage. And they just thought, there's no way to go. Moses, it would have been better to die in Egypt than here. But what was God's word? Tell them to go forward and therefore can I encourage you dear discouraged one in your discouragement in your downcast in your heartbreak in your discouraging situation in your time of need don't give up but go forward because the Lord will make a way Jeremiah in your situation call on to me and maybe there's one here tonight and you're not saved you're in your bondage. You're in your snare. You're in a prison of sin. Sin has dominion over you. You're not saved. And you haven't got that freedom. And like the children of Israel, you're under a hard taskmaster. You need to be saved. You need to have your burden of sin rolled away. The Lord says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And sinner tonight, in your need, in your desperate need, and your need that you're in sin, and your need of bondage, and your need of that wickedness, cry on to the Lord, call on to Him for salvation, and He will save you. Hallelujah. But you must cry on to the Lord for salvation in that need, in that need without Christ. Because if you have not got Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are without hope, without a Savior. You're lost in your sin. And if you die in your sin, you'll go to a place of a lost eternity in hell forever and forever. And therefore, you must come tonight in your bondage to Jesus Christ. So the procedure is in the form of a cry. Call on to me. But notice also, not only is the procedure a cry, but this procedure is a command. Because I want to encourage you tonight to cry to the Lord for Lewis. And I want to encourage you tonight to cry for Carrie Duff. Because they are in a hard situation. Lewis, as we've said, boys and girls are not being taught the gospel. Boys and girls from an early age are being, uh, you hear them at four years old, and they will... Violently, 
Shout the name of the Lord as a swear name. And so many more things that we could say. And there's a desperate need there. And therefore that's why there is this command. Call on to me. It's not a suggestion. It's not something just to try out. It's not when you have done everything else, Jeremiah. Then have you tried prayer? No, Jeremiah, in this situation, call on to me now and do it now. Jeremiah, you're a prophet of the Lord. I have sent you to this people. You're to stand in the gap for this people. I know you feel helpless. I know you feel hopeless. But Jeremiah, your responsibility, a duty to call, to cry on to the Lord. Cry on to me and do it now. And therefore, can I encourage you to call on to the Lord for Lewis. To stand in the gap for Lewis. Can I encourage you for the boys and girls who come to this church. Maybe they come from homes that are not saved. Maybe you have a neighbour that's not saved. You may be the only person who prays for your neighbour. You may be the only person who prays for boys and girls who come to this church. I did not grow up in a Christian home, but yet we had a neighbour who went the sand down and she came in and asked my parents, would you mind if I take your children to Sunday school? And from then we started to go. Stand in the gap. Can I encourage you to stand in the gap for Lewis? It's a responsibility, it's a duty. Stand in the gap here for carried off. Take it upon your heart and pray for carried off. But it's also continuous. Because not only is this uh, in the original an imperative, which is a command, not only is it a cry, but it's also present tense. And therefore it's continuous. It's continually calling, continually crying. Not just starting and stopping. Not just praying when you feel like it and when you want it. But continually praying. Continually getting to the throne of grace. Jeremiah, what I am going to do with my people. You continually cry. Don't give up, Jeremiah. Don't throw in the towel. But keep on praying. And in Lewis, though the numbers may be small. And it may be very easy to get discouraged. Yet I must continually cry on to the Lord for Lewis. And as well with carried off. You continually cry on to the Lord. Why is that important? Well, I said one day to the people in Lewis, and you'll see it on the you'll hear it on the DVD about that verse in Matthew 18, verse 20. Whether two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And Here's what thrills the people's hearts in Lewis. When they come, they don't come looking discouraged because there's not a big crowd there. But what gives them the thrill and the joy of coming to God's house with the two, the threes and the fives is because of who they're coming to worship. Because who they're coming to see. They're coming to the Lord. And the Lord said, whether two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I. And in the original, it simply signifies this. It reads like this. Whether two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there. And the strength of the word is this. Before you even come to God's house, I am here already. Whether two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there already. And therefore, when you come to God's house, and you may have a small crowd, whether it's at a prayer meeting, whether it's at a church, and we ought to say, 
though that may be truthful. But yet, Lord, you're here. And you promised to be here to bless us. Continually crying unto the Lord for the work. Don't give up. Continually pray for Carrie Duff. Continually pray for this church. Because the Lord will build his church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Continually pray for Luz. Can I encourage you to, I don't know if you have one of these here, uh, prayer cards. I don't know if you use them. <clears throat> it is uh, one uh, covered. Well, this is this is this year's. Now you'll get a new one for next year. Ministers get these in the week of prayer, and they give it out. And it co- basically covers every single, uh, near enough every single missionary and work uh, for every day of the month for the whole year. And uh, what we do in our home for our boys, uh, we get this here, and we also get the prayer card, and we put the both together and say, "This is who we're praying for tonight, and this is what they look like." Because sometimes we forget what people look like. And maybe a missionary comes, there's a big hype that day. Oh, I'll pray for you. And maybe you pray for them that night, you pray for them the next night, the night after. But maybe next week you completely forget. Uh, the only time uh, you remember to pray for them is when they're back again uh, in a deputation meeting or some other time. And you say, ah, there's something I knew I had to do. It was to pray for you. And that happens so many times. Well, if I can encourage you, if you take this here for instance it says on the 26th of each month pray for the mainland churches england scotland wales and isle of man so whenever you get to england then if you lift our prayer card and put the two together this is who we're praying for and this is what they look like if you do that with your family and devotions yourself and your wife or your children grandchildren whatever it may be then you're continually praying for the work in Lewis. Continually praying for the missionaries that the Lord will step in. And then you can be like our boys when they go to the Easter Convention and you see a missionary there, you can run up, a real life missionary, and you can be all excited to see it. Continually praying for the work. Don't give up. Maybe you're downcast tonight. You feel like this place. You feel like giving up. Lord, what's the use? We've been here for years. We've laboured and there's still no growth. Uh, Just go somewhere else. Continually pray. Don't give up. Jeremiah, call on to me because I have commanded you to. Cry on to me and do it continually. Notice, secondly, there is the promise of this prayer. Because the Lord says to Jeremiah, in this promise, call on to me and I will answer thee. Call on to me, Jeremiah, for I will answer thee. I am the God who hears and answers prayer. Like Nehemiah, I have prayed to the God of heaven and he will pray, he will answer prayer based on who he is and what he has done. He is Jehovah, the covenant-keeping God, the God of redemption, the God of salvation, and he has promised to save his people. He has promised to build his church, for thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. And therefore, as we go in to loose, we go in knowing because Christ has died on the cross of Calvary, there is a great harvest. There is a great harvest to be gathered in. And there is much people in that place. And therefore, we can preach the gospel to every creature. Repent and come to Jesus Christ because he always answers on the ground of the blood on the ground of redemption what did he say in Psalm 89 verse 34 my covenant 
my promise, basically, my covenant, will I not break, nor alter that which has gone forth from my mouth. That promise I made with you to save you, to be your redeemer, to be the only lover of your soul. That promise I made that I would save you and forgive you of all your sin. I will not break that, nor will I change that. I will not alter that. I will not go back on my word. And dear men and women tonight, if you're here and you're saved by God, you're saved because that day you called upon him, he answered you and he saved your soul. And he has not gone back on his word. And he never will. What did he say in John 6 verse 32? Them that come all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And the word cast out there, it signifies uh, to be expelled. And I don't know if you've ever been expelled before at school. hope you haven't uh, been expelled. But you know, to be expelled, it means to be kicked out. It means to no longer belong here. There, you're no longer accepted. But what does the Lord say? He takes that terminology. And he says, them that come to me, I will in no wise cast out. I will in no wise expel. I will never throw you out. I will never expel you. You're mine. I love you with an everlasting love. And here is the assurance of your salvation. And that ought to thrill your heart, dear child of God, this night. That you'll never be lost. That you'll never be in hell. That you'll never be in the dams of bondage. Because he will never expel you. And you may get to a stage where you may feel and fear that when I get to an old age, I may start to lose my mind. And I may doubt the promises of God. And as one preacher said this here when he was visiting a, a dear member of his congregation, the person said, Preacher, I'm coming to the end of my life. And I'm starting to panic. I feel that I'm going to forget all the promises that God has made to me. And the preacher responded and he said to him, I said, it doesn't matter if you forget them because he will not forget his promises to you. And that's the thing. We're not holding on to him. He's holding on to us. We are kept by the power of God to salvation. Are you saved tonight? Are your soul redeemed? Are you in Jesus Christ? Are you safe and secure in Christ this night? Because he will never expel you. You'll never be lost. But if you have not got Christ as your saviour, you have not that hope. I will answer. And therefore, because he will answer, Jeremiah can pray to him. Jeremiah is not praying on a false hope. Jeremiah is not coming to the Lord. Lord, I hope you'll do this. Lord, maybe will you do this? Lord, will, will, will you, Lord, will you try to bring your people out? Lord, I hope you'll bring them out. Lord, will you do this? No. Jeremiah can pray on the ground of the word. Lord, this is what you've said you're going to do. Lord, this is what you said you will do. Now, Lord, do it. It was said in the Isle of Lewis. Now, that's a different Lewis. That's the Isle of Lewis. That's in Scotland. And before they had revival, it was a place of barrenness, a place of wilderness, a place of sin. And in the prayer meeting, one man cried out, Lord, you promised in your word. And he was quoting from Isaiah 44, verse 3, that you've said that you will pour water upon him that is thirsty. 
and floods upon the dry ground. But Lord, as of yet, you have not fulfilled your word. Lord, as of yet, you have not done it. Lord, do it for thine honour and for thy glory. And that night, the Lord came and the Lord honoured his word and sent revival to the Isle of Lewis and breathed upon that place. And God has not changed and he is able to do it for Lewis and he is able to do it here for a carry duff. And therefore, call upon him because he will answer. Remember, he said, I will answer. It comes from him. Notice coming to the end, there is the provision of prayer. The provision of prayer. <coughs> Notice the announcement of this provision. The announcement. The Lord says, Jeremiah, call unto me, I will answer thee and show thee. <coughs> and the word there, show, it means to announce by word. It means to testify. It means to declare publicly. Uh, basically what the Lord saying to Jeremiah, what I'm going to do, it will be in a public manner. Just as they will be taken into captivity in a public manner, everybody will see and know about it. So I will bring them out in a public manner. What I will do, Jeremiah, it will be public. And how did the Lord testify to Jeremiah what he would do? How did the Lord announce to Jeremiah, show to Jeremiah? Well, verse 1 of chapter 33. Moreover, the word of the Lord. Here it's the word of the Lord. And therefore, here's God's word. And what does the Lord say to us in his word? In Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. I will heal their land. And we want the land of Lewis healed. We want carried off healed. But it will be by the word of God. It will be an announcement by God's word. Why is that important? Why should we not stray from God's word? Well, when you do the open airs in Lewis, you'll get people to come up to you. And they'll say, that church up there, if you want that church filled, if you want people to come to that church, this is what you have to do. This is who you have to bring in. This is what you need to bring in. This is what you need to take out. This is what you need to start saying. This is what you need to stop saying. This is what you need to stop preaching on. And this is what you need to start preaching on. Water down the message. Basically saying that the Bible is out of date. You need to get a different book. You need something else. People will not just come to listen to that there. But we have to say to them no. Because we preach Christ and Christ alone. What did Paul say? Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. What did John the Baptist say? Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of this world. Therefore, we don't need Peppa Pig days. We don't need Fireman Sam days. We don't need to tell people, uh, here's some fancy entertainment today. You come, and if you come to church today, I promise you a tour around the town in the, in the local ambulance. No, we preach Christ and Christ alone. Because what the Lord will do, he will do it through his word. Surely it's time for thee to work, O Lord. And what God will do for Kaidah, it will be by his word. Notice also the ability of this provision. Great things. The word there, great, it means beyond human limitation. It means what you cannot do, I can do. 
Basically, Jeremiah, it's impossible with man what I am going to do. But it's only possible with me. Same with salvation. Who can be saved? The disciples asked the Lord. With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And salvation is of the Lord. And how can you be saved this night? Because of the Lord. Because salvation is of the Lord. And therefore, in this uh, ability, Jeremiah is praying on Pascha. And you look there in chapter 32, verse 17. Chapter 32, verse 17 of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is praying, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Here's Jeremiah praying, Lord, there's nothing too hard for thee. What did the Lord also, or Jeremiah also say here? In verse 21, we'll not take time to read the whole, but verse 21, Jeremiah is praying on past ground. And has brought forth thy people Israel out of the land of Egypt with signs and with wonders, with a strong hand, with a stretched arm, and with great terror. Basically, he's praying on what God did in the past when he brought Israel out of bondage, out of Egypt. And we do that as well, don't we? We pray, Lord, what you did in 1951 at the start of this denomination. Lord, do it again. Do it greater. Lord, in 1859. Lord, in the great revivals of the Bible. Lord, do it again, Lord. Do greater. Jeremiah is praying, Lord, when you brought Israel out of Egypt. Lord, you brought them out with a stretch of arm. There's nothing too hard for thee. Why is that important? Because in Exodus chapter 14, Exodus 14 verse 31, you have that account when God brought Israel out of Egypt. And as we said earlier on, when he brought them through that Red Sea, he opened up the sea, divided in half, and they walked through on dry ground. When the enemy approached after them, when they got in, the Lord brought that sea upon the enemy and defeated the enemy. And it says in Exodus 14, verse 31, Then Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And that word great is the same word used here in Jeremiah. Only God could have brought them out of Egypt. Only God could have opened up that sea. And only the Lord will do great things in Lewis. And only the Lord can do the impossible things here for Carrie Duff. And therefore, we ought to call upon the Lord for great things. Lord, do it again for a carry off. Lord, do it for Lewis. Move in our midst, Lord. You can be saved tonight because he does a great work of salvation, a mighty conversion, but it's only of the Lord and the Lord alone. Man cannot save you. This church cannot save you. Only the Lord can save you. Finally, I close with this illustration, the abundance of this provision. The abundance of this provision. Great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I close with this here. Charles Spurgeon, that great man of God, was going down to Bristol to visit George Muller. And you may know about George Muller. George Muller had an orphanage there in Bristol. And he had uh, nothing and he prayed that God would give him 300 children. And God gave him 300 children. Well, news had got about that George Muller was extending the orphanage from 300 to add another 700 more children, making up to 1,000. And a man got wind of this. And he came to Charles Spurgeon and said, Mr Spurgeon, I hear you're going down to visit George Muller. And I want to lay some concerns to you, to Muller, because I think he's gone too far this time. 
It's just too much. I mean, 300 children, Mr. Spurgeon, was just a lot to feed and take care of. And they're struggling every single day. But to add another 700 children, it's just too much. And you need to tell them to reconsider this. Spurgeon uh, sort of agreed with the man. I said, well, you know what? When I go down there, I'll tell them these concerns. You have a point. And you may know about George Muller and those orphanages and the orphanages of how he had the children come out to pray at lunch and breakfast time, lunch time and dinner time. He would have them out pray, Lord, we give thee thanks for what we are about to receive. When there was no food in front of them and there was no food in the kitchen and there was no one making any food because there was nothing there at all. They had nothing. And yet, God, uh, he had them pray, Lord, we give thee thanks for what we are about to receive. And God intervened every day in a wonderful way. And this particular day, they, back then they delivered the milk and the bread on the wooden carts. And Miller said on this day of how the milkman was coming around the corner and the wheel got stuck in the pavement. And it snapped in half. And it fell down. And the man ran over to the orphanage and he rapped on the door. I said, excuse me, this bread and milk's going to go to waste. Would you be able to use it? And Miller took it in and he blessed the Lord for provisions that day. And as first, I think, as Psalm 34, <clears throat> there is no want of them that fear him. God met his need every single day. And maybe you're struggling as well. No doubt when we go to Lewis, things aren't great there. But nonetheless, God supplies his need. And as whenever uh, Spurgeon went in to George Muller, and he was just about to lay all the concerns, Muller ran up to him. Oh, Mr. Spurgeon, you wouldn't believe what God has done in this place for us. We had nothing, and we prayed that God would give us a work to start here among the boys and girls with the orphanage. And he sent us 300 children. Uh, Mr. Spurgeon... God also sent the supply for all 300. And Mr. Spurgeon as well. We prayed that God would give us 700 more children. And Mr. Spurgeon, God has given us 700 more children. And you know what, Mr. Spurgeon? God has also supplied the need. And he's met the need. And Muller said that God had sent in over a £100,000. And he didn't know where it came from or who sent it. But God did great things. And he said that God raised up that orphanage to show the world that God hears and God answers prayer. And every time you read his biography or someone else reads it, they look back. What God did, he's able to do it again. And he will. You pray for carried off. You pray for Lewis. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I'll do things for Cardiff. Things that you can't even imagine. But call to me about it. Call to Lewis about it. Please pray for us as we go to Lewis that the Lord will meet every single need.